Hi, welcome to Wisdom's Echo, Origin Gate's daily podcast. I'm Carl Nicholson, and for today's podcast, I would like to continue um, on a subject I talked about last time called the golden hours. I'll call this part two, and really just present a couple of different thoughts, perhaps that might bring a little bit more context and understanding to um, my idea behind the golden hour and how I think that, why I think it's so important, and perhaps maybe what what else it looks like because it's it's hard to you know it's hard to paint um living ideas um with one witness or with one thing you know it's like two or three witnesses perhaps things can become more uh multidimensional so i talked about how having a set aside time with with yahweh with god every every day you know or a, a time as we entered into the new year setting aside that time to be with him um, and then Yahweh's given us the amazing cycle of day and night and also the cycle of a year and all these, you know, different week cycles. And so I think the, the you know, the idea is fitting how the golden hour fits into the cycle, you know, how you fit it into your cycle of life. Um, <clears throat> but, you know, so for, for two of the thoughts, I think one is to consider Yeshua, consider Jesus when he when he walked to the earth and the pattern that he laid out for us as the Son of God who um, <clears throat> gave himself as a sacrifice but also demonstrated how to walk in incorruption um, in heaven and on earth at the same time and to do exactly what the Father wanted and to, to live free as a son and, and what he did. And so, <clears throat> you know, it could easily make an argument of did Jesus need to pray? I mean, he he is the one who all, who prayer goes to, but he took on the form of a servant and and as a son came into the earth, and so as the son of man, he showed us what to do. So he's showing us that it is relevant and it is important to to have this this time. And what does it say that he did? It says it says he often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. I really like that because I think if it had said he he daily got up before sunlight and prayed for an hour, um, you know, think about all the different religions of the world would do that. Like I bet a lot of them would do it, especially all the ones that are uh, biblically focused. Um, and and that's I don't think that's what he's after. You know, I, he he's it's the relationship thing. It's the but it says he often did it. And so I'd like to highlight that as the first point that. That the Son of God Himself often withdrew to places, to lonely places, and prayed. And it says that um, the disciples got up early in the morning and found Him. So you can see that they also, um, <clears throat> the morning time was a time He got up and sought, sought Yahweh and, and prayed. And also um, in the garden, right, it was, uh, He would retire to the Garden of Gethsemane or, or you know, the Mount of Olives. And you, we find Him praying in the garden that last night as well. So he prayed morning and night. And then, of course, we have him uh, ascending up into the mountain, which I think really is a amazing picture of, of what actually happens um, during the golden hour. So I believe that when I talk about the golden hour and this time that I'm often withdrawing to and that I'm trying, you know, I'm pleading with everybody to to have this place, if you don't, where a place that you often withdraw to, that you can <clears throat> go up into the mountain of God. And what's so amazing is that he transfigured on this mountain and his face began to shine and the disciples were just blown away, right? They were scared to death and fell as like dead man. 
and uh and that that's the thing that's that's a that's an attribute i believe that's a characteristic of of what happens in the golden hour when we when we often withdraw to this place with yahweh we go up into this mountain and we get to it's the place where we get to transfigure and and be like him because we see him as he is i i mean i want to tell you i love um there, there, I love standing in, in, within the mountain of God um, in the full measure of, of God and in who I am in God. I love being who I am in God in that place there, and, and, and manifesting with God. There's nothing, nothing in heaven or on earth that I enjoy more than standing as a son with the, up in the mountain of God. And that's what Jesus did. And he was transfigured there. So you know, I believe this place that we often go to and withdraw to is a place where we manifest as who we are in Him. And we get to stand and commune with Him and union with Him in that place like that. Because what happens when we come down from the mountain is we don't look like that. Right? We don't look exactly like that. Moses' face shone when he came down. And Jesus, he says they were full of excitement when they saw him. I'm sure his face shone too, but... but whether our face shines or not, we, we find ourselves in different situations and that manifestation looks different in different places. So I believe, there, you know, there's the great importance that we have as sons and, and who we are really are in Him and in corruption is to, to get to that place often where we can manifest as sons with Him and, and see Him as He is and see ourselves also in Him as He is. <clears throat> the second point I'd like to make, um, the second thought, and this will be it, uh, is really a thought that has been with me <clears throat> for probably 20 years. And this goes back to when I, ver- I first started, um, you know, when I really decided to have a time where I got away with, where I got away with God. And I decided to have, you know, that time every day. Was I always considered this thought and it's just kind of out there and I'm not even sure you know how close to the truth I guess it is because I, I hadn't seen Paul in his day but the thought was how you know like because how did Paul how was he able to sustain such a such um, power on his life that when he was in prison in like the worst of conditions for like over time and hit 24 hours a day he was like guarded by by guards who who didn't believe yet and then they probably you know they all got they started getting saved when they're around him because of the power that he walked in but but you know like how did he make how did he do that how did he stand in the power of God like that when he wasn't able to get away and do what I'm telling you he wasn't able to to get away and have that hour a day or withdraw like Jesus did often to lonely places and pray. He wasn't able to do that because he was captive. And that there was always been in my mind, how did he sustain the power of God in, in those situations? And you know, it's, it's amazing thought. And we know that the grace of God was on him. And so here, here's the other side of that. If, if we find ourselves in that situation, I do believe God is able to, to sustain us. But the the whole point, I think, and this goes back to my military training, you know, um, and, and special operations, we, 
we train, we train, we train so hard that a lot of times um, doing actual missions is, is not near as hard as the training we do. And, and we're able to adjust to a lot of different situations because of our training. But, but one of the things throughout the years that, that we, we try to attain in our training is we, we do realistic, tough training to try to replica, replicate these the potential situations that we could be in that would be really bad. And so we, we practice and we, we, we um, manage our bodies, we manage our minds, we manage our skills to be able to function in these sort of situations when they can be really bad. So in situations we found ourselves really bad, we end up having an extra leg up on sort of the enemy because we've, we've sort of been there before. And I believe that's, that's the key to, to how Paul was able to sustain. And I think this, this further goes back into it because the, the grace of God was clearly on him that, that whether he was able to, that, that, that even without being able to get away and withdraw to that mountain, the, the glory and power of God was on him. And I believe it was because of his faithfulness and him withdrawing to that mountain when he was able to. And I believe that that's, that is the key for us. So I don't, you know, I, I, I think it's, it's, it's wise for us to, to set aside that, that, that time and that place where we often withdraw up into the mountain of God and manifest with him. Because if that day ever comes where the rest of our days are walked out a different way, where, where we can't have that time anymore, the, the price that we've paid up until then Will, will carry us and help us. And I believe that that's how um, a lot of, you know, a lot of really how Yahweh co-labors with us is his, he sees our diligence and, and faith and he works with us. Um, you know, and, and Joshua 10, when he was fighting all those kings and, you know, he told the sun to stand still for a day. It's amazing. The Bible says, um, I think it's Joshua 10. It says, never has, has God listened to a man like he did that day. <laughs> the sun stood still for a whole day. I think that's so amazing that God listened to a man and made the sun set still. But you can see God co-labored with him. Joshua was actually out there fighting the enemy. He was doing it. He was in battle. Israel was in full battle to take uh, possession of the inheritance that God had promised them and God was co-laboring with them to bring it about. And I believe this, this, this is an, um, sort of a, the principle is sort of the same in, in what we're saying about and often withdrawing and applying ourselves, um, being faithful with what we have when we do have it while we have it. In closing, I just, I just sort of like to tie those in and perhaps, you know, I guess describe how I see actually the golden, what I call the golden hour myself. When I, when I'm, when I set that time away where I go up into the mountain of God and I manifest and I love God and have that time and walk as a son, enjoying the union and communion with the father, with Yeshua and with Holy Spirit, um, I believe I'm actually outside of time and space. So what I'm saying by the golden hour is actually an incorrupt um, time and space that sort of can overlay any of the 24 hours of the day. And I do believe that this, that right there, what I'm saying is part of the key 
to how Paul was able to sustain in times where he wasn't because he learned in living in incorruption in that golden hour with Yahweh that he could engage that at all times, all day long, all night long, all places. And that became something we, he was, we were able to walk into and overlay the rest of our lives with. God bless you. Shalom.